some 14. All the other games have been extremely tight, and they've been upset a few times. So getting out of the gates early has been a, a bit of an issue for for Kentucky in the past, and I think people will be keeping a close eye to see if this new offense can get off and rolling early. Jeff Drummond, uh, Cats Illustrated. Jeff, sorry we were on such short time today, but the good news is uh, Kentucky will host another Louisiana team, LSU, in a couple weeks, and we'll make sure we get some more time to devote to that one. Appreciate you as always, Jeff. All right, always fun. Thanks, guys. You got it. Brownie, great show today, pal, and uh, hey, I hope it, things man. work Look out for your tomorrow. boy. Uh-huh. What happened? Hello? I didn't hear what he said. Did Brownie just leave? No, no, I said enjoyed it. I look forward to tomorrow. I I I just heard I'm out. All right. (laughs) For Nick Brown, for Jay, don't forget Bleed Tech Blue up next. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been The Sports Company with Sean Fox, presented by Bud Light. Come back every weekday, 3 to 6 p.m. for more Sports Company on Sports Talk 977. for the first National Bank Bleed Tech Blue Radio Show. This is your source for Louisiana Tech Sports News. For the next 90 minutes, Bleed Tech Blue Radio goes deep inside tech football, basketball, and recruiting. Tonight's show on Sports Talk 99.3 is also brought to you by O'Neill Gas, Brister's Smokehouse, Courtesy Automotive, Dairy Queen, Walpole Tire, Ideal Portable Buildings, Kirk Joyner Graduate Sales, and Bienville Motors. Text us on the Fairway Carts text line at 888-993-7762. Here's your host, Ben Carlisle. Bleed Tech Blue Radio, BC, Chase Patterson, Jay Grant, live from the Sports Talk 97.7 studios. Appreciate you joining us for week two of season 14. It's game week. You heard that correctly. By week, Beck Haynes is out this week, week two, no shocker, but Chase P., Welcome in, buddy. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. I uh, grew up listening to the show with my dad, listening to Jay Ford and Big Jason Jones. Never thought it'd be an opportunity. Co-hosting. That's right. Opportunity to mind a co-host, one of my good buddies. No doubt about it. Love to have you in. Like we said, it's game week. Louisiana Tech and Mississippi State set for a 3 p.m. kickoff on ESPNU Saturday afternoon in Starkville. Uh, I guess early on, Chase, before we jump into a few things, there's no doubt about this. It's going to be a hot one in start. It is. Actually, uh, did some research. Not a page out of Beck's book. Uh, no, it's not a page out of Beck's book. It's actually going to be about 87, 88 around kickoff, so not quite as bad as Rustin, but still going to be hot. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be 95 in Rustin Saturday afternoon. It is, unfortunately. So, uh, unfortunately. Uh, might be a battle of attrition. Wh- which team can hold up 
uh, into the late third quarter, fourth quarter, especially if it's a tight game. Uh, Going to find out who's conditioned the best. That's right. I know, and I know we do have some depth at running back and defensive back this year, which should help with Mike Leach's offense, throwing the ball yeah. around a lot. We might have to be rotating some DBs in and out. And, you know, you look at this game, and obviously we're going to talk about it more. Uh, coming up at 6.15, we'll have Teddy Allen, uh, color commentator for the Bulldogs Sports Network, will join us 6.45, former Mississippi State quarterback, uh, currently with 105.9 ESPN The Zone in Startville. Matt Wyatt will join us to preview the Bulldogs. But, you know, you talk about this game, and, you know, last week, Beck and I, first week of the show, we talk about the expectations of the season what are some things that you expect this Louisiana Tech team to be good at? What are some things that kind of concern you a little bit? And Skip Holtz talked about it in his press conference today. Uh, you know, you have a Tech team. We, we've talked all about the new transfers that they've added, the different pieces both offensively and defensively. Uh, a lot of those guys have played a lot of football. But at the same time, it's your first time putting on the pads. You've been banging on each other for the last 25, 30 days. You also don't really know what to expect in a first game. Correct. I the, the, the biggest thing to me is, can you just play clean football? Can you eliminate the pre-snap penalties? Can you avoid the turnovers offensively? Can you Once you do get that first initial first down of a drive, can you get them a rhythm offensively? I think those are all big question marks entering a season opener. Yep. I do know at this point in the season the guys are ready to hit somebody else that's not in red and blue. I um, hope they don't get too excited about that. And like you said, some pre-snap penalties. I know they struggled with that in the last uh, scrimmage. Yep. Um, so we'll want to play fast but under control at the same time. So Well, and you talk about playing fast. I'm glad you brought that up. You know, you talk about in a fall camp, what do you introduce to your team? And Skip Holt said that today in his press conference. It's like, listen, we introduced it all. Offensively, defensively, special teams-wise, we introduced – the entire playbook. Now, do you go into a game one going down to play call 68 with Austin Kendall starting his first game at Louisiana Tech? I'm not sure that you do because, like you said, you want to be able to play fast and have your guys comfortable with what they're trying to do. Correct. Um, you've been to more practices than I have. Do you think we're going to see a little bit more of the option game with Austin Possibly. back there? Possibly, and I think that's a good point. You know, Skip talked about today, and I think we noticed this throughout fall camp, and I thought coming in – you know, talking about Austin Kendall specifically, I thought entering when he came to Ruston back in the middle of July, I thought, you know, hadn't seen him play a whole lot, obviously. Uh, started the one year at West Virginia. I thought he was more of, I don't know if I want to call it a statue, but I didn't think he was a guy that could move around in the pocket, do some things with his legs. But the more chances I got to get my eyes on him, I think he's a guy that I don't know if you design RPO speed option type stuff for him eight to ten times a game, but I think you get in a crucial third and two, I don't think that they'll have any problem relying on what he can do with his legs. Right. Yeah, I haven't seen him take off, take off out of the pocket like you have, I'm sure, but I have seen him in person. The boy's got some thick, thick thighs there, so and it's got to be hard to bring down. And I'll be honest with you, Austin Kendall, and listen – we broke the story back, I believe it was July 6th, that he was going to transfer to Louisiana Tech from West Virginia. And I, I think I owe a debt of gratitude to the kid. I was looking at it today. So back in July, we break the story, Austin Kendall's transferring to Louisiana Tech, blah, blah, blah. And when I broke the news, I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. 
and I went back and looked at it today. The tweet got 242,000 Twitter impressions. Wow. That's absurd. Fast forward to today. You went viral. I went viral. Bleed Tech Blue went viral. I guess credit to us. But fast forward to today. Of course, Louisiana Tech releases its depth chart. I believe they released it late last night, early this morning. Send out a simple tweet from Bleed Tech Blue. Austin Kendall will be Louisiana Tech's starting quarterback. Don't think it's like groundbreaking news by any stretch of the imagination. I think if you have any sort of pulse on the program, you kind of understood that. But the tweet today, it's like got 40,000 impressions on Twitter, and it's like, maybe we should sign Austin Kendall up for name, image, and likeness with Bleed Tech Blue. Like, how much would we owe the kid? That's right. No telling. MSN wrote an article today about Austin Kendall getting a chance to start at quarterback, and I'm like, 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 where does this come from? Yeah. But it's kind of the world of social media that we live in. And, of course, formerly the number four quarterback in the country coming out in 2016. Yeah. I just thought that was so interesting when you think about a guy that's kind of off the radar. You add him to your program, and then it's like, boom, right yep. there. It's a national media story. you got to think he's got some kind of following, though. Like you said, the fourth overall prospect coming out of high school. Played at Oklahoma with Kyler Murray and Baker, Baker Mayfield. Mayfield. Yeah, and then transferring to West Virginia. So, big big name when he's got a few different fan bases out there that's probably following him. So, Oh, that's a good point. I think the – the consensus that I've kind of gathered myself is West Virginia fans, tremendous amount of support, tremendous amount of Good. Uh, credit to him, liked what he brought to their program for two years under Neil Brown. Oklahoma, not so much. I think a lot of the Oklahoma stuff is like you talk about Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, Spencer Rattler now. Oklahoma has some unrealistic expectations for quarterbacks these days, I feel like. Of course. Yeah. I mean, the guys that they've been putting out last five or six years, especially under Lincoln Rally, have been pretty, pretty incredible. So let's get to some news and notes real quick before we get to our first time out. Uh, so late last week, I believe it was Wednesday or Thursday last week, Conference USA Championship game uh, will not be on December 4th. It will now be on a Friday night, uh, December 3rd. I believe that's on CBS Sports Network. Hopefully, uh, Louisiana Tech's playing in that game. But uh, that'll be a chilly uh, December night, wherever that conference championship yeah, I mean, game is played. That works for me. I'm pretty sure that's during the duck season split in Arkansas. So I'll be able to catch so that you're game. Good with yeah, that. I'm good with that. Hey, fair enough. Uh, of course, we had 53 man rosters in the NFL cut down today. Uh, I believe the cut down was at 3 p.m. today. You look at Bulldogs that made initial 53 man rosters. We see how uh, waivers can work sometimes. Boston Scott with the Eagles, Jalen Ferguson. Uh, makes the roster for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, some unfortunate news, Justin Jellybean Ellis, the Neville product, was cut by the Ravens. I think I saw Ian Rappaport reporting there's a possibility he's signed back to the Ravens practice squad, which would be kind of interesting. What's Jellybean, probably an eight, nine-year veteran at this point? Yeah, I mean, he's close to our age, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> that would be a little tough. We've, we've had our 10-year reunion already, Ben. He might be in the league for 10 or 11 years, so... I haven't heard much of Jalen Ferguson. What's going on with him? Yeah, he, he's playing outside linebacker for the Ravens. I think early on in camp, there was kind of an expectation that he might not make that roster. Uh, then you look at, uh, what's the defense coordinator in Baltimore? Wink Martindale, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, last couple of weeks, you started to hear some buzz. Uh, my big thing with Jalen Ferguson, I think we saw it with him as a junior here at Louisiana Tech. When he has to play at 270, 275, he's just not quite as effective. He's more of a guy that's a... 
255 type guy that can use some of that speed off and, the edge. And that's where he was at when I went to his pro day. Exactly. At Tech, yeah. He was, he was slimmed down and he was fast and, and I, he was moving. Yeah, and, you know, we talk about it all the time when we're talking about NFL about fit. And, and listen, the Ravens are as good as any NFL franchise is when it comes to developing talent on the defensive side. Yeah. But I'm just not sure how good of a fit he is within that scheme that relies on those big outside backers. Yeah. And you look at some other players that made 53-man rosters. Amik Robertson uh, with the Las Vegas Raiders. He's had a good last couple of weeks. Of course, Legereus Sneed had a stellar season in Kansas City last year. Xavier Woods uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. Vernon Butler, uh, he's getting on up there as well. It's probably year six for mm-hmm. Vernon in Buffalo. Uh, Trent Taylor was cut by the Cincinnati Bengals. Did you mm. see that catch that he had on? The, catch, the catch and run? Mm-hmm. That was pretty crazy. It was. How do you he, cut he him after that? Buzz. Yeah, I know he a uh, little forty-five. Now I got to catch. speak with him at his pro day as well. He's a great kid. Oh, he's a good kid. Yeah, yeah. we've had him on the show. Him a and uh, times. what was it, Carlos Henderson? Yep, Carlos yeah. Henderson. Yeah. Of course, he's out of the league now as well. Milton Williams makes the Eagles roster uh, as a rookie after being selected seventy-third overall uh, back in late April twenty twenty-one NFL draft, and then finally. Uh, former Bulldog quarterback Jeff Driscoll was let go by the Houston Texans. So, kind of a little bit of a mixed bag for former Bulldogs in the NFL. Is Amik getting some playing time this year? Okay, I got to talk about Amik. Let's do it. Awful fit in Las Vegas if you're wanting him to play the nickel. I know he's small. I know he's your prototypical, oh, I'm pegging that guy to play the nickel. He's not a nickel. He, he just... He's a man-to-man corner on the outside that baits quarterbacks into making bad throws to where he can make plays on the ball. And a couple weeks ago, John Gruden talked about how uh, they kind of learned about Amik Robertson in this training camp that uh, he's not real big when offensive linemen come running downhill at him in the run game. And I'm like, I can imagine so at 580, 5'8", So I think he's moved outside. He's kind of moved up in that Raiders pecking order at cornerback. And hopefully – I believe last year only played 35 defensive snaps. So hopefully he can make a bigger impact in Las Vegas in year two. If there's one thing we know about me, he's going to put in the work to be good. Uh, there's no doubt about that. So uh be interesting to see how he does. I did uh, just order my Legereus Sneed jersey Did today. you? Yeah. Well, Kansas pretty, City jersey. Pretty excited about that. I hope Legereus turns into a snud. The, the mended product had such a big year as a rookie. It's really established himself. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I he's, mean, he's... he's Looks like he's taking or Tyrion Matthews taking him under his wing a little yeah. bit. Plays a lot like him. Oh, I mean, honey badger. How many sacks did he have last year? Probably, Sneed. Probably three, four. Yeah. I seemed, mean, he was really to, good. Seemed to come in big moments of the game too. So. Yeah, as long as he doesn't get that sophomore slump, he's going to be yeah, he's right. going to be lights out. Yeah. He, he really is. And he's really in the NFL these days. He's kind of that prototypical corner size, six one, six two. They're always looking for those long, rangy type corners. Uh, in the NFL today. So let's go ahead and take our first time out. We come back from the break. Teddy Allen, color commentator for the Bulldog Sports Network, will join us. You're listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Be right back after this. Welcome to the Courtesy Automotive Family of Ruston. You'll find eight of the leading brands, Chevrolet, Cadillac, Buick, GMC, on the South Service Road, Exit 86, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram, on the North Service Road, Exit 86, both sides of I-20, two pre-owned lots, qualified service departments you can rely on. Shop 24-7 online at buycourtesy.com, the Courtesy Automotive Family in Ruston. 
This is Jason Walker with Louisiana National Bank. No matter if you're buying your starter home or your forever home, Louisiana National Bank can take care of all of your home buying needs. Our rates and closing costs are competitive with not only your home team bank, but also those big online lenders. We have an amazing product portfolio, which means more ways to get you in your dream home, including low and no down payment options for qualified customers and properties. Conveniently apply online at ln.bank. L for Louisiana, N for national.bank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Welcome back, Bleed Tech Blue Radio, BC, Chase Patterson live at the Sports Talk 97.7 Studios. Join us on the Fairway Carts Hotline, Louisiana Tech color analyst Teddy Allen. Good afternoon, sir. Evening to you guys. How nice are you? To, uh, great to talk to you. Absolutely. How pumped up are you for the 2021 Bulldog football season that's only four days away? That's something. I'm uh, I'm happy for everybody. I tell you, last year when that fourth game in a row got canceled, uh, and Cody Rusty put out on his Twitter, I could just cry, <laughs> and he was serious too. I just felt bad for all of them last year. So we got we got a fight man's chance this year to play. <laughs> we hope so, at least at this point. So I wanted, yeah, so I wanted to, I wanted to ask you. You've been doing this for eight, nine, ten years now. Uh, do you get the the preseason jitters leading up to the season, or is it, is it just another day at work on Saturday afternoon? Uh, no, you don't get many Saturday afternoons in the fall. Me and my friend John James Markle had a talk about this one time, and they're special days. I, I, I mean, I'm I'm a little nervous, and I'm uh, you know you you root for people you know, so you get to know the players and coaches. You want them to do good, and you see how much work goes into it. Uh, so in that regard, I'm that kind of anxious, you know, to hope things go well for everybody. Uh, but I've just always loved college football. It's the best thing going. And um, so from a fan standpoint, you know, I get pretty pretty juiced along those lines. I mean, all the colors and sounds and uh, smells, and it's, it's hard to beat. How different was it last year uh, when you t- – you know, Skip was asked this today in his press conference. I think last year – when you guys went to BYU, I don't think there was one fan in the stands. How different or how much did that take away from the the atmospheres that surround college football or the circus that college football seems to be? Yeah, sure. That was, I don't know what percent, but 90% of that was gone. Uh, and that was a big stadium and a gorgeous stadium. But you could, you know, I mean, you could hear them out there on the field and we're way up top. Because um, there was not anybody in that stadium. But last year's the first time I've ever seen the head coach since you know what seven, eight years now that he's been here. Nine, really, kind of toward the end of the year, just a little bit beat down. Yeah. Um, because you just took the toll. I think you would agree. Um, e- even he was a little bit beat down by the by the deal, and of course, every day is a new day, and blah blah blah. But but that was then, and hopefully, hopefully, now who knows, but hopefully the football gods will smile down on everybody and and they'll get to have a for real season this year. 
And, and you know, you talk about Skip Holtz having been here, going on his ninth year now. Uh-huh. Um, and, and obviously, you've been at the press conferences with, with us over the years. You've wrote, written numerous stories uh, about this team. What's your relationship like with a head coach? And, and what's it been like to work with Skip Holtz uh, over the years as the head man of the Bulldogs? No, he's been, I told him today, you're uh, uh, undefeated, never lost a press conference. He's he's genuinely upbeat. He genuinely loves what he's doing. Um, I mean, he just does. It's just him. He, he means it when he says, okay, football season's over. And then a couple weeks later, you know, he's ready to, for spring practice to start. Um, he grew up with the game, and you can tell it's, it's, it's not uh, – phony with him he cares about his players uh he understands the media side of the business and so i've always found him to be very you know accommodating um i I, malcolm you know has taken over the the inside bulldog football that i did for a few years and uh you know when he asked me how that was going to go i said you know it's the Skip Holt show. It's not the Teddy show or the Malcolm show. People just want to hear the coach talk. And uh, Malcolm can ask you three questions, and you're, you know, you can fill up 60 minutes easy, which he's something he's proud of. Anyway, he's, he's very accommodating and, and he's very sincere. You know, not every coach can lay everything out on the table. They just, you just can't. That's the nature of the business. But, uh, but he doesn't try to. Uh, you know, really sugarcoat anything or, or try to get away with stuff. He's, he's, he's very open to the fans. He could talk football all day long, and I couldn't, but he could. And you mentioned Malcolm taking over as the play-by-play guy for Dave Nitz. We're all aware of the, the legend that Dave Nitz is, and he's uh, such a big part of the Tech family. What was your favorite part of working with Dave over the years? I know that personality uh, for Dave, never really ever turns off, and I can imagine uh, the stories and the different things that he's been through throughout his career uh, that he was able to share with y'all either before home games or on the, some of those uh, long road trips as well. Well, as far as coaching us up on the radio or me, the only thing he told me was, "Look, they can't see your head nod or something like that, so you got to speak because it is radio." And I said, "Okay," <laughs> and that was it. Uh, and then that first game we did was the Southern Miss game where the tropical storm came through. And, uh, he's still not seen that game. He, he was watching it on a TV thing and I had my, you know, head against the glass. The squeegee guy came by before the game, but then he must have got let go because he never came by again. But even back when I was a promising young man, 84, 5, and I graduated and I'd worked with Dave, you know, as a graduate assistant and, I would usually go to the games with him in his van. It was just a different, you know, deal back yeah. then. But we knew we knew each other. So we uh, – Tech was so good in basketball that year, so good in football, you know, went to the championship. So they gave me a lot of stuff to write about. But most of the basketball seasons would be me and him. We both like country music. He loved that. Uh, I guess maybe sometimes we talk basketball. But uh, So I've got to know him, you know, for that long. And I was gone for a long time and came back, and it's the – it's the same day, and um, I'm, I'm, it, it was always fun to see how the fans reacted to him because in nearly a quarter of a century, I mean, that's that's what you equate when you hear his voice. It must mean tech ball is on. So, and he's got the stories. They, some of them change over time, 
but that that that's part of the charm. I believe that was and, uh, Tropical Storm Lee down in Hattiesburg. I was there. Was, I was okay. there. Weathered the storm. Oh, that game was awful. There's about six it different bears throughout the field. That's terrible. That was a bear. It, it didn't start till nine o'clock. Yes, yeah. I remember that. Oh, we got home late. Yeah, we came back to Ruston that night. It was like five a.m. It was miserable. Straight to Waffle Correct. House for breakfast. Oh, yep, yep. I remember the Waffle House being full, and I went to church that morning. And during the sermon, I had to put my hands on my knees or lean up with my forearms on my knees and hold my bulletin. <laughs> so then, whenever my bulletin dropped, I would hear it hit the floor, and I would wake up <laughs> and be present. <laughs> Otherwise, I was not going to make it. If you had to guess, what will Dave Nitz be doing on his first Saturday afternoon, not college, calling a college football game in who knows how long? What would you say he'll be doing? Uh, uh, that's a good question. He actually called me last night to talk about Tom T. Hall, who's a country guy who passed away. He was just a genius songwriter. Um, and him and Dave worked together at a radio station in uh, West Virginia before, before Tom T. Hall left to become Tom T. Hall. But, I, he's probably going to be mowing his grass. He may watch a little ball. He always told me I'm not going to – if I'm not calling a game, I'm not going to watch a game unless it's baseball. But, you know, who knows? Three ways he goes his own way as usual like the Sundance kid. You cannot, you cannot guess what he's going to be doing. But I'm sure he'll be listening to this first game and, and, and watching the Bulldogs uh, Saturday at 3. Last question. We'll let you get out of here. Yes, sir. I'm not going to ask you what – Skip Holt should tell his squad before the game on Saturday. What will your words of advice be to Malcolm, I believe, in his second college football call in his career? <laughs> yeah, we when Dave had to go to a funeral back home a few years ago and call, call the right game. I can't tell. He, Malcolm is a professional broadcaster, and I am not a professional <laughs> broadcaster. So I'm not going to tell him anything. I'm just going to say, you know, I'm prepared. So let's, you know, this is live radio, and we're going to, do the best we can, and and probably the same thing Skip's going to tell his, and it alluded to the Saturday afternoons you were talking about. It's a privilege to get to be around. I mean, it's work and it's hard, you know, if you if you try to do it right. But but it's it's a real privilege to be involved in the game. And you got guys out there like today. I talked to Jacob Adams. You know, if his family was if every. Tech fans like his family, it'd be hard, hard, hard to get an extra ticket to a ball game because yeah. they just love it and, and always have. And he's a kid who walked on and earned a scholarship, already graduated. Uh, so you got, and you, you know, multiply him by dozens of guys out there who are realizing a dream. And, and so it's neat to be a, a part of that and see how they progress. And, and again, just the, just the game and the history of college football. It's, uh, it's, Nice to be able to hang on to a little piece of that, be a part of it. No doubt about it, Teddy. Well, tremendous stuff. Looking forward to the call on Saturday afternoon with you and Malcolm Butler. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk soon. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Teddy. Yeah, I'll tell him you guys said that y'all's advice is try not to use any curse words. The over and under on us getting fired is two and a half games. We both take the under. Hey, take the under. We'll talk to y'all Saturday. Thank you for what you do. Teddy Allen, play-by-play analyst, Louisiana Tech football chase. That Southern Miss game in 2000, what was it, 10, 11? Somewhere in there, yeah. It brings nightmares. Ben, we had a charter bus rented out for that game. We had about 47 people committed, and Thursday night before the game, I think it was down to about seven people on that charter bus. I wore, 
I believe it was two slicker suits. And when I walked out of that stadium, they didn't do a dead gum thing. No. I was soaked. Yeah. And I remember, you talk about the, the ponds or the, the puddles all over the field. I remember when we walked in that stadium, it was like, are they really playing football? Like, it, it looked like two inches of water, like, across all the way across midfield. Only in Hattiesburg, man. And the dead gum kicker makes like a 52-yarder in the driving <laughs> rain to win. Ridiculous. Like, if that ain't Louisiana Tech, I don't know what is. Yeah. I don't know what is. So let's go ahead and take our next time out. Of course, I want to thank Teddy Allen, color commentator for Louisiana Tech Bulldogs, for joining us on the Fairway Carts Hotline. We come back after this. We'll dive into the Mississippi State Bulldogs. And a real quick programming reminder, Matt Wyatt, former Mississippi State quarterback, will join us at 645. You're listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Be right back after this. Welcome to the Courtesy Automotive Family of Ruston. You'll find eight of the leading brands, Chevrolet, Cadillac, Buick, GMC, on the South Service Road, Exit 86, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram, on the North Service Road, Exit 86, both sides of I-20, two pre-owned lots, qualified service departments you can rely on. Shop 24-7 online at buycourtesy.com, the Courtesy Automotive Family in Ruston. Louisiana National Bank is your community bank. Whether you are a small business owner or a parent helping your child open their first savings account, we look forward to working together to help you achieve your dreams. We are committed to delivering on our long-term promise, making each interaction with you more exceptional than any you have ever experienced through the convenient delivery of personal and business banking products. Ready to experience uncommon banking? Visit with our friendly staff at one of our convenient local locations or visit us online at ln.bank. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Tech Blue Radio, Louisiana Tech, Mississippi State, season opener Saturday afternoon, 3 p.m. Chase Patterson, of course, joining us here on the Sports Talk 97.7 Studios. Chase, it sometimes it feels like football so far away, especially like when you're in the drudge of June and it's so hot and you don't have anything to watch on TV and the Cubs suck and you're just trying to figure out what to do. But then it gets here and it's game week and it's like, ah, wasn't too bad, right. wasn't too long. Yeah. I mean, this is possibly one of my favorite weeks of the whole year. Oh, you're love just, week one. Just full of hope. Uh-huh. Oh, it's oh, that's all it's filled with. And I mean, it just like just came up on us all real quick yeah. because it's been a nonstop barrage of sports. We've had football. College football, yep. basketball, basketball, right. <laughs> NBA, yeah. you know, yeah. and then well, we and got NBA baseball. so late this year, I know. too. Yeah, and so it's just been a barrage of sports since everything kind of cleared up and we can go back and play them, and now the season's upon us. And It's here. Yeah. And yeah. It's crazy, and I, I just, you know, we'll wake up on Saturday morning and you'll be like, oh, game starts at 3. Can we make it to 3 o'clock? And it's like... Somehow we'll make it to 3 o'clock. It'll be a long wait. But you talk about Mississippi State, Louisiana Tech, of course. The overall series is 11-3 to Mississippi State. Uh, I think back to the last two matchups. You go back to 2017. Uh, 
I think it's fair to say that was probably one of the most looked forward to tech home games maybe ever. I mean, close to a capacity crowd. Um, it was a tech team that had a lot of high expectations. You know, Jamar was a sophomore. They had beaten Northwestern State in week one. You kind of set up that big game. And, th- of course, it lets you down. You lose 57-21. The game will be remembered for the third 93. We all remember uh, oh, yes. the bloopers and how dreadful that was for weeks after that. Then 2018, it was a far different scenario. That was a tech team up and down, couldn't really get it going on offense. Got to go to Mississippi State, those late-year money games in the SEC. I believe the final score is 45-3. to Yeah, we did not score a touchdown. No, game. did not score a touchdown. And listen, I don't know, and you're going to love this analogy. You're going to love this. Can't wait. Been thinking about it all day. Love it. I don't think when you look at Mississippi State on paper, Mississippi State is head and shoulders a better program than Louisiana Tech. Agree, disagree, doesn't matter. But what I do think that Mississippi State, they match up so well against Louisiana Tech teams because Mississippi State is that guy when you're playing football in the backyard and he won't quit tackling or he won't quit pushing you down, Mm -hmm. or you go to the lunch line and you're waiting there and he's pushing you out of the way. They're just not, not a bully, but they're just too physical for you. They don't know how to take it easy. Okay, I like that. And so I think that's why Louisiana Tech has had so much difficulty matching up. And you look at this depth chart for Mississippi State on the defensive side of the ball. Defensive end, we'll we'll go D-line, then we'll talk about the linebackers. Defensive end, 6'3", 265. Nose guard, 6'3", 310. Defensive tackle, 6'5", 310. Sam, outside linebacker, 6'2", 265. Mike, middle linebacker, 6'2", 240. Will linebacker, 6'1", 230. Like, these dudes are big in the box. Did you say they had a linebacker weighed 265? Yeah, 6'2", 265, Tyrus Wheat. My goodness. I hope you can run away it's from big that. Big chunk of change, huh? Yeah. And, and listen, all the talk, you know, we talked about it on Bleed Tech Blue this week. It's like, well, maybe you can wear these linebackers down. Listen, these dudes ain't playing in the SEC for no reason. Right. They ain't playing at 6'2", 265, running a five flat. Like, that ain't how they play. And so I just, the matchup with Mississippi State from a physicality standpoint is what bothers Louisiana Tech versus if you look across the state in Oxford, it's more of a finesse team. It's more of a team that uh, we want to throw the ball on Miss. We want to score 50 points. Whereas if you ask a Louisiana Tech fan, I'm going to bang on Tech fans for a little bit. You always hear the Tech fans say, can we run it on third and one? Can we run it on third and two? But then on the opposite side of it, it's like, well, if we're not scoring 45 points, I'm not happy. Well, how often do the t- teams that can run it on third and one also score 45 points? Not very. No, it's Ohio State, it's Clemson, it's Alabama. Yeah, yeah, right. So, like, you're either finesse or you're physical, and I think that's why Mississippi State sometimes struggles in the SEC because they're so physical. They're not quite as athletic in some other spots, but when they match up with Louisiana Tech, they're just so much more physical in the trenches. They are. And I will like to make a comment. We made it almost halfway through a football show, and you only used the word physicality once so far. That's I love of, physicality. That's one of the most overused words it when is. we're talking football. It is. It, there's no doubt about it. And, and listen, Mississippi State offensively, this is a Mississippi State team, and I don't think anybody's going to say Louisiana Tech was, and I say this in quotes, good last year. They weren't, bottom line. Struggled offensively, defensively, breaking in 10 new starters. You weren't very good. 
Mississippi State wasn't very good either. Remember they put up 45 in the opener? Yeah. Against you want, LSU. You want some stats real yeah, quick? Yeah, I want to hear some stats. That one was wide. I remember watching K.J. Costello in that game, and I was like, this dude might win the Heisman Trophy. And then he was just downright you-know-what. Did he set an SEC record? Oh, or yeah. Something? They went so. off. Yeah. So they scored 44 or 45 points in the opener. The next four games combined, they scored, how would you say? They didn't score many. I remember Kentucky shut them out. They scored 30 in their next four games combined. And that's how that's how their season felt to me, just so up and down. And I guess I mean they you, couldn't you, get any consistency offensively. Did Will Rogers end up taking over like yeah. midway through the season? Yeah. Okay, got it. the freshman Brandon Mississippi. Uh, I believe he's a th- top thirty QB recruit out of high school. And listen, he was okay, but I think a lot of Mississippi State's problems offensively weren't necessarily the changes in the scheme that leads had. They didn't have any playmakers. And, and, you know, entering the year, there's a lot of talk about Jaquavius Marks, the starting running back, and we'll talk about him with Matt Wyatt. He caught 60 passes, a freshman running back record at Mississippi State. He averaged 4.3 yards a catch. Like, you could call it an extension of your run game, but if you never make a guy miss in open space and you're playing in the SEC, I don't care how many catches your running back has. You might could average that. uh, Seriously. Like... Like you got to average and get four tackled. yards a catch, yeah. <laughs> and they've added some pieces here in the off season. Uh, you look at the receiver position. Jameer Calvin's a 5'10", 160 pound receiver transferring in from Washington State. Played for Leach in twenty seventeen, I believe. Uh, was a slot guy. They moved him back out to the outside under Rolovich, the former Hawaii coach, last year. He's going to be, you know, he's listed as a starter on the depth chart. He's more of that true slot guy. I don't know how much he can truly burn you down the field, but the one name to watch for, Cal transfer, Makai Polk. 6'3", 200, and can run. That's what concerns you on the outside uh, with his speed. Of course, Malik Heath at the other outside receiver spot, 6'3", 220. I think those are the two receivers from a size standpoint that really concerns you if you're Louisiana Tech entering this matchup. Well, Coach Blackwell's philosophy, does he have cornerbacks follow receivers, or are they going to play the same side? Uh, that's a good question. You know, last year we saw the defensive backs really struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, B.J. Williamson was pretty good from his safety spot. Uh, Cedric Woods kind of emerged a little had bit. Had some bright spots, yeah. Uh, of course, Balin Buchanan brought in from Tennessee. I think if there was a guy that followed a receiver, I think Buchanan would be that guy. I think, and Skip Holtz alluded to this a little bit in his press conference today, is Mississippi State's going to throw those long crossers. They're going to throw you a bunch of screen-type stuff uh, to, in a sense, bait your defense into walking down into the box. And then that's when they're going to try to go over the top with some shot plays down the field. I think if you're Louisiana Tech, if you want to have success defensively, you better tackle in space. Right. If you don't tackle in space against these guys – and you allow them to get that breakneck tempo, you're going to be in a lot of trouble defensively. I got to witness a Texas Tech-Texas game in Lubbock when I was in high school. When Crabtree caught that touchdown in the game. A pretty sweet one. It was one of the best college football games ever. But they just, I mean, they wear you down with these little three- to five-yard slants, get five, six yards, yep. and they break one for 25. Yep. You're like, what and if the they heck? turn them into 10, 12, or 15, that's when you really struggle on the defensive side. Let's go to the Fairway Carts hotline. We got Andy. Andy, how are we doing tonight? Hey, doing great, boys. How are y'all? Doing good. It's game week. Just, this... just uh, 
sipping a cold one sitting here. I'm looking at the lines, and I see that Louisiana Tech's got four and a half wins on the over-under. I wanted to get y'all's input on that. I feel like the Colts is going to Easiest over I mean, they got to get it done, huh? Easiest over in college football. Bet the months mortgage. Bet the bet anything you want to bet. It's over. Andy, let me let me tell you a text I received from my wife today. She asked me why I bet so much money on the over, and I told her it was the most sure thing I've felt about besides marrying you. Exactly. So. There we go. Oh, yeah. His nose is getting longer <laughs> or browner. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Well, I'm I'm going to be there right there with you guys. The mortgage is on it. Let's get it done. <laughs> Appreciate it, Andy. Thanks for the call. Y'all take care. Of course, you can on the Fairway Cards hotline or text line number 888-993-7762. And, you know, you make a great point, though. If you allow those short passing routes to turn in, really to me, if you allow them to turn into a bunch of first downs consecutively, that's where you just get gassed defensively. They're not going to let your D-line off the field if they get into a rhythm. No, and what's frustrating about a Mike Leach offense, you may get a quick, the quickest three and out in the nation and 17 seconds, three and out, but then you better be ready to come back if your offense goes three and out after your defense like, man, we just got off the field. And I think that's what makes them dangerous in the SEC because they're going to be able to put some good defenses on the field. Whereas at some of Leach's previous stops, I know they were pretty good at Washington State, especially uh, the later he got into his tenure, but that's the one concern. For me, from the Louisiana Tech side of things, I hope that Skip Holtz, and listen, I think this is a Tech team that's going to be built on the ground game. But I hope they're not so bullish with the ground game, especially early, that they get themselves into some third and eight, third and ten type plays where their Mississippi State defense can kind of pin their ears back in a sense. Because if that happens, the game could get away in a hurry. You want To me, you want to let Austin Kendall throw the ball early to try and open up a run game behind an offensive line, which we believe is improved, but I don't think you truly know how good that offensive line is until bullets are flying. Right. You made a good point that reminded me of something here. Do you think we'll see Bull Hargrove on the field at all? For Mississippi State, yeah. of course, a former Rustin running back, a true freshman at Mississippi State. We talked with Steve Robertson this morning. Uh, works for the Mississippi State 247 site. He says Bull's the third running back right now, so uh, I think the expectation is he's going to play. All right. A local flavor. Yeah. I know some Tech fans were excited about possibly seeing Jack Abraham, too. I don't, yeah, I think I, I've heard Jack's out for the season. Mm, what? Father Abraham is out for the season. Ouch. Uh, he's got some concussion symptoms uh, that are lingering, and uh, okay. he's kind of struggling that with could be dangerous. Okay. Hate to hear that for yeah. Father Abraham. Yeah. I'm kind of excited to see Bull on the field because, you know, I PA announced for Rustin, and I loved watching he's him play. Stud. Oh, yeah, he's he's a beast. <laughs> he is he a stud. Good. Yeah. He is a stud. Let's go ahead and take our next time out. When we come back from the break, Matt Wyatt, former Mississippi State quarterback with ESPN The Zone 105.9 FM in Starkville, will join us. You're listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Be right back after this. This is Jason Walker with Louisiana National Bank. No matter if you're buying your starter home or your forever home, Louisiana National Bank can take care of all of your home buying needs. Our rates and closing costs are competitive with not only your home team bank, but also those big online lenders. We have an amazing product portfolio, which means more ways to get you in your dream home, including low and no down payment options for qualified customers and properties. Conveniently apply online at ln.bank. L for Louisiana, N for national.bank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. 
Walpole Tire and Service has been a proud LaTeX supporter for over 60 years. So when the Bulldogs hit the field or hardwood, make sure your vehicle is game ready. Let the staff at Walpole get you safely to and from the game with brake repair, alignments, and computer diagnostics. Plus all major brands of tires, including Goodyear, Michelin, and BF Goodrich. Walpole Tire and Service, a name you can trust. Ruston and West Monroe. Visit WalpoleTire.com. Welcome back, Lee Tech Blue Radio, BC. Chase P. joining us on the Fairway Carts Hotline. Former Mississippi State quarterback, currently with ESPN The Zone 105.9 FM in Starkville, Matt Wyatt. Matt, thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, good to be with you, boys. Hope you all are well. Absolutely. So let's jump right into things. First off, going back to 2020, obviously uh, a college football season like we've never seen before. But from a Mississippi State perspective, how would you evaluate what Mike Leach and his coaching staff were able to do in year one in Starkville? Yeah, well, you know, the, the, the win totals didn't pile up um, over the course of the year, but it sounds like they're built-in excuses, but I think it's a fact that it was such an abnormal thing and a, an odd time to have to go through a coaching change and you know, that's the thing for State, too, last year is there were a lot of teams that made a coaching change prior to that COVID season, but this was not just a coaching change. This was an overall total philosophy change in every way um, to, you know, convert your offense into the air raid. And, oh, by the way, you're not going to have a spring or a summer to figure that out. And it was very much a roller coaster ride offensively. And so – yeah, I, I think all things considered, that by the end of the year, they had continued to fight and scratch and claw and play their best football in the second half of the season, their most consistent football in the second half of the season. Uh, defense overachieved a little bit. Offensively, once they got Will Rogers inserted at quarterback, he sort of steadied the ship. They stopped turning it over, and uh, some things came to life. But I think what you do have to remember about that team last year, they were, again, without a spring, without a summer, and transitioning to the air raid, They um, their, their leading passer was a true freshman straight out of high school with no spring, no summer. Their two leading rushers were true freshmen straight out of high school with no spring and summer. And, oh, by the way, their leading receiver, leading ter- returning receiver, who had four straight 100-yard receiving games last year, was a true freshman straight out of high school with no spring and no summer. So all things considered, I think they did a pretty doggone good job. Yeah, some good points you made there, Matt. This is uh, Chase P. here. I had a quick question for you. If I did my math correctly, in 11-game season, Mississippi State rushed the ball for 780 yards. Do you think we'll see an uptick in that, or are you expecting around the same? Yeah, I think there will be an uptick. Um, in, in studying it, listening, watching, going to practice, you know, I think all signs point towards, you know, a move back towards a little more balance. And one thing that I've learned is it's not just a, as simple as, hey, pick a pass play or pick a run play. Uh, their run game in its offense is really predicated on two things. One is 
can the offensive line execute it? And two, can the quarterback check to it at the line of scrimmage? It's largely over the, when, you, when this offense gets greased and, and rolling the way it's supposed to, running the football is a choice at the line of scrimmage by the quarterback. And even when you get to a point where the quarterback makes those checks, then we've got to decide, can my offensive line execute it? And they didn't really have either one of those last year. And that team a year ago and that coaching staff and that philosophy, it, 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 was, it wasn't about 2020. The decisions they made, the approach they took, it was all about the future, not necessarily about a shortened conference-only season after you've made a coaching change. And so they were bound and determined to have young players learn how to run that offense. And the hope is that that will benefit them down the road. So all that to say, I think you'll see a, a, a different approach from a play selection, a play calling, and the way you have to defend it, all those standpoints. And you mentioned briefly earlier Will Rogers kind of settled into the quarterback position uh, as a true freshman with no spring, no summer. Uh, what have you guys seen from him in fall camp? Uh, I know he's a really talented signal caller out of Brandon, Mississippi. Yeah, um, he's had a good fall, uh, good fall camp. And, you know, Will is natural leader. He's a coach's son, right? So the whole, you know, being one of the guys and leading a group of guys sort of comes natural to him. It's not fake. It's not something that he puts on. It just naturally comes to him, which is a big deal. And you need that, especially when you're young. Uh, very hard worker, film film guy, all that kind of stuff. But physically, you know, last year, he not only is he a freshman last year out of high school, they didn't get to go through spring and stuff, but he missed the first two weeks of the year, too. And I've always assumed it was right at two weeks, I always assumed that it was a COVID thing for him in the first two weeks of the season. Uh, they couldn't have gone to it in those first two weeks they wanted to. He wasn't with them. And so he missed that. His body, you know, last year physically he looked like a high school player and just threw the ball well, threw it accurately. He looks a little different this year. The weight room was really good for him in a full year in that program. Um, arm strength is there. And he's a kid who's just accurate. That's why he piled up yards and touchdowns in high school. And, frankly, at Brandon High School, running air raid concept uh, with his dad calling the plays. So there's an understanding there. And he, he, has a, he has a knack for accuracy. He doesn't struggle with throwing the ball catchable, and that's why I think he'll be good in the offense. And you mentioned a little bit earlier about the running back position, but I want to talk a little bit about the receivers. Obviously, Malik Heath's back, Austin Williams back, Jane Wally had the big freshman year. Uh, but talk about some of the additions of these transfers, Makai Polk and Jameer Calvin, and how they'll yeah. be incorporated into Leach's offense. I know a lot of folks are really excited uh, about Makai Polk's ability. Yeah, and I think they should be. Uh, Steve Spurrier, Jr., he's the outside receivers coach in the program, and you can tell that he's excited about Makai, and he doesn't want to talk about him too much. He even came right out and said it in one of our post-practice press conferences recently. He said, you know, I, I don't really want to talk about a guy too much until he gets out in a ball game and does it. Okay, but then he went on to praise him pretty good. You know, Polk is 6'3". Uh, he's one of these who has great body control, does an excellent job high-pointing football, showed flashes of it early on in his career at Cal, and I really think he's going to be good for him because he's reliable. Um, he's he's uh, always a threat to get behind the bump coverage, 
and then if you put the ball around him, he's going to go get it. So he's he's uh, really going to be a shot in the arm for them, and he will start at the Z position. And Jameer Calvin is a slot receiver who you mentioned, and the history is there. See, he played for Leach in this offense at Washington State in 2017 and 2018. He missed the 2019 season. Last year under the new coaching staff at Washington State, they moved him to the outside. He transfers in here and has had an excellent fall camp because, I mean, like it's it's picking up the bicycle and just riding it. Knows the calls, knows the offense, how to run the route. And so both of those transfers were something that they really needed. And if they can keep them healthy, they're going to catch a bunch of balls this year. Defensively, Skip Holtz and his staff at Louisiana Tech have raved uh, about the front seven uh, of Zach Arnett's defense. Talk a little yep. bit about those guys and how big and fast and physical and, and really how, uh, like you said, a defense that overachieved in 2020 but are expected to do big things here again in 2021. Well, and I think they will. Um, you know, from a national, regional perspective, I promise you that group, they are going to surprise people this year. Nobody's really talking about them uh, within our conference, and, and that's fine. A lot of folks in start will like it that way. Uh, but that front seven, that defense really as a whole, Zach Arnett's the real deal. You know, Skip Holtz and those guys, they're veteran coaches. They watch film and they know what they're seeing. And what you're seeing on film, State has legitimately uh, two uh, defensive tackles type players that are going to play NFL football. Um, they have a linebacker in Tyrus Wheat, Juco transfer, who's going to play NFL football. Um, they've got, State's got two corners. Uh, that are still really young, for that matter. Martin Emerson at one one side, and and uh, Emmanuel Forbes on the other. But both of those guys are going to play NFL football. And you know these coaches, they turn the film on and look at it and go, okay. Uh, not only do they have a scheme that's aggressive and really they really pressure. Man, they got some dudes, some players on that side of the ball. So you know, it, it's a. I, I even go so far as to say I think it's probably from a personnel standpoint, it's probably the best defense that Mike Leach has ever had on one of his teams as a head coach. And so I'm really interested to see how that pairs and matches with the offensive philosophy on the other side of the ball. And, you know, you talk a little bit about the secondary. Obviously, there's a bunch of injuries at the safety position. I believe those guys are back to health. But at the cornerback position, how important is it for this state defense to have Martin Emerson and Emmanuel Forbes stay healthy throughout the year? Yeah, it's absolutely huge. It really is. Because you just – they've got, you know, players they like. One of their, you know – that third or fourth corners that they'll go to is a young guy who's really tall and long named Camden Richardson. Who they, he's had a good fall camp. He's going to play some. But, look, you know, you don't have another Martin Emerson on your roster, and you may not have another Emmanuel Forbes. You know, you've got to keep those two healthy because they uh, are so important to your style of defense. When you're going to play some man-to-man and really get after the opposing quarterback, bring people, blitz off the edge, disguise your coverage, jump into man. Those corners have got to be able to live on an island and just cover a guy. Um, and so they're really important to your scheme. I, you know, in terms of guys you've got to keep healthy, if you were making a list um, of your top five on the football team, you know, your quarterback is one, your left tackle is another, and two others in that top five are definitely both those corners. 
from Mississippi State's perspective, looking at this matchup Saturday afternoon in Starkville, uh, I believe the Mississippi State Bulldogs are favored by somewhere 23, 24 points at this point. Uh, if Leach's team is to have a lot of success, what will they need to do well about, against Skip Holtz's squad? I think it's totally on State's offensive line. It is, uh, in a lot of ways, a new group. Mike Leach believes that the offensive line group is the most important position on the football team. It makes it go or not on offense. And what you need to understand about State's offensive line, when they walk out there and, and start the game on Saturday, four of the five starting offensive linemen have never started a game at the position they're going to line up at. The only guy on their offensive front who has started a game at the position he'll play Saturday is your left tackle, Charles Cross. And according to NCAA's eligibility rules, he's still a redshirt freshman. Okay, so, you know, your starting center was a guard. Uh, your starting guards, both of them, played a little bit of tackle last year, but neither of them started. And Scott Lashley's your starting right tackle. He transferred from Alabama, missed all of last year because of an injury. So do they have potential and talent? Sure, yeah, but to go out and actually do it against a live opponent is a different deal. And they could have some growing pains. I would almost expect it. And so I think it's on them. If they play well, State's going to go up and down the field. But if they have a bad day, then it could get interesting real quick. Matt, tremendous stuff tonight. If any of our listeners want to follow some of the work you do online, uh, I know you've had a tremendous Louisiana Tech preview a couple weeks ago uh, and have really uh, previewed both Mississippi State on offensive and defensive side leading up to the fall season. Yeah, I would say that if you like videos, I've got a lot of that stuff that you mentioned even just posted on a YouTube channel. You can look me up there in the name Matt Wyatt or Matt Wyatt Media. And I send all that stuff out on Twitter. Also, there's links there. And I'm just at Radio Wyatt. And so uh, y'all hit me up let me know where I was wrong. And uh, good to hear from them. Good stuff, Matt. Appreciate it. Looking forward to a fun one Saturday afternoon. All right, boys. Thank you. Matt Wyatt, former Mississippi State quarterback. First things first, Chase. Perfect radio voice. This Matt guy? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's excellent. Yeah. You won't find a better radio voice. It just Absolutely. comes off the tongue beautifully. It was awesome. He made me kind of want to change my pick that we have in this next segment. That defense sounds pretty good. <laughs> that defense sounds pretty salty. Hey, listen, that's interesting about that O-line, though. It is, very. Uh, how does David Blackwell and Louisiana Tech choose to attack that? Uh, do you try to expose those guys? Do you put your corners and safeties in some precarious spots in man-to-man coverage? Or do you allow some of those guys to make some mistakes on their own? I mean, this is very cliche of me to say, but it all starts on the offense and defensive line. No doubt. It starts in the trenches. And and listen, I don't think Louisiana Tech's going to have an advantage up front per se. So if they're going to win this football game, they're going to have to do some different things up front. Um Safety blitzes, yeah, you know, so, bringing linebackers down the line. Yeah. For a young quarterback or two young running backs, can you confuse them in pass protection? And if right. you put them on the ground early, then yeah. the rest of the game might be shot. Exactly. Because if you're Louisiana Tech, you're going to win this game. you got to force some turnovers. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and it sounds like, listen, Will Rogers, uh, I love the whole coach's kid cliche. Steve Robertson said that to us this morning on right. the edge. You always hear that he's a coach's son. He's a leader. He understands it. I get all that, but behind him, Chase Lovertich, uh, a walk-on transfer from South Alabama. Uh, listen, is that a good fall camp? 
doubt they want to go to the walk-on from South Alabama in week one. Did you say Levertich? I believe so. <laughs> I think I announced that correctly. It's quite the name. Don't hold me to it, though. <laughs> Let's go ahead and take our next time out. We go back. We picked Louisiana Tech 8-4-9-3 last week. How dangerous are expectations entering a season? What will need to go right for Louisiana Tech to put together a successful 2021 campaign? You're listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Be right back after this. Hey, Bulldog fans, this is Mark Richardson with BMW Motors in Arcadia. Are you looking for the lowest possible price for a used car or truck? My fellow Bulldog and partner Jeff Robinson has been out scouring area dealerships looking for the best possible deals. When he finds them, we bring them to Bimble Motors in Arcadia and pass on those deals to you. Come check us out in Arcadia, and when you do, you'll be able to say, I know I got the best deal. Go, dogs. Bimble Motors in Arcadia. Louisiana National Bank is your community bank. Whether you are a small business owner or a parent helping your child open their first savings account, we look forward to working together to help you achieve your dreams. We are committed to delivering on our long-term promise, making each interaction with you more exceptional than any you have ever experienced through the convenient delivery of personal and business banking products. Ready to experience uncommon banking? Visit with our friendly staff at one of our convenient local locations or visit us online at ln.bank. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Chase P. Hey, Beck. Might need to stay at the beach. Old bye week leading up to the season opener. A little dicey choice by you. Uh, real quick, I want to get into this real quick. Louisiana Tech players in the NFL. We mentioned in the open. I got this for you, Chase. Players that were cut today. Jordan Mills cut by the Saints. Eight-year NFL vet. Okay. Uh, Justin Ellis cut by the Ravens. Seven-year NFL vet. A little tenure. Jeff Driscoll cut by the Texans. He had been in the NFL for five years. Trent Taylor uh, cut by the Bengals had been in the NFL for four years. Players that survived the cuts. Vernon Butler, five-year NFL veteran now with the Bills. Xavier Woods, a four-year vet. Uh, Boston Scott with the Eagles. This is his third year in the NFL. Jalen Ferguson. Actually, this is Boston's fourth year in the NFL. Jalen Ferguson, a two-year NFL vet going into year three. Uh, then, of course, Amik Robertson, Legarius Sneed going into year two, and then Milton Williams, a rookie. So I guess you look at Mills and Ellis, like veteran guys, right. like they've kind of outlasted the normal uh, For sure. NFL tenure. Yeah. Can I tell you my favorite Justin Jellybean Ellis story? Uh, let me hear it. It involves one of, one of your first cousins. Okay. Starting safety for Russ and I. Yep. I'm not going to mention his name. don't want to put him on blast, but this is on our highlight film. He got an interception against the Neville Tigers. Think off Taylor Birch, from okay. for, former Bulldog. Shout out, TB. <laughs> but uh, your cousin was returning the interception, and he got a little indecisive on the sideline, and Jellybean caught up to him, and he just disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> just disappeared That's off the screen. That's pretty good right there. Oh, Jelly was playing a little offense? Yeah, he was. Oh, yeah. how yep. about that for Jelly? Yep. You know, he actually has a cousin that's a starting left guard for Memphis. Okay. Uh, started since his true freshman year. I wish the dogs. Yeah, I was about to say, him. couldn't bring him into Ruston, huh? 
Jelly kind of let the program down a little bit. Mm-hmm. So let's get into Louisiana Tech 2021 season. Uh, of course, you know, so many times, especially in today's world of college football, all the transfers get all the publicity, whether it's Austin Kendall or Marcus Williams or Keon Henry Brooks. We go on and on about the different transfers that Louisiana Tech's added to their program. Is this the norm? I don't know if you'll see Louisiana Tech add 13, 14 scholarship transfers every year, but I do believe that it's fair to say if you need a quarterback or you need a left tackle or you need a center or a defensive tackle, wherever it is, it's much easier to plug and play with a transfer kid in today's era of college football. Especially at the school the size of Louisiana Tech. I mean, exactly. do you want to take a risk on a high school guy, no matter how good his high school film is, or do you want to take somebody that's played at the college level? Or even to take that a step further, do you want to take a JUCO kid? True. I mean, because, listen. Not if they're playing for a high school. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> you, Bishop uh, hey, that's where Cam Newton's signing, by the way. He uh, might. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we, we've watched all the JUCO shows these days. Like, that structure's not a big deal at the JUCO level. Not so I think yet. you're probably safer when it comes to a, a hit rate of adding a transfer. But you enter this season and, like, you know, the thing I go back to, and I think I might have mentioned this last week, and whether you're on board with Austin Kendall, whether you think he's going to be good or bad or indifferent, it doesn't matter. You look at his stats on paper, 62%, I think he's thrown for 2,500 yards, 17 touchdowns, 10 inter- intercepts. not going to blow you away, but a solid, I think if, I think he's probably, how do I say this? He's probably, like, if you told me that this guy would produce this in college, you'd be like, all right, it's pretty decent college career. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But when Louisiana Tech signed Jeff Driscoll, it was 23 touchdowns, 21 interceptions. Holy cow, this guy's not going to help us. So, like, can you draw a whole lot from that? I'm not sure that you can. But now you get all these transfers on campus. It was pretty clear. Like, Skip Holtz has talked about it. We had to fix the offensive line. We had to fix the running back room. And good Lord, we had to be able to play man defense on third down. Because I got tired of watching three deep zone coverage on third and seven. Like, bottom line, it was brutal to watch. Yeah. And so they went out and fixed some of these things. And now, I believe Adam Hunsucker, the new star, he's picked Tech to win Conference USA. Oh, man. We picked Tech to go 8-4, 9-3. I think, and I'm interested to get your opinion on this, the big swing game in this schedule is September the 18th against SMU at home. It is. Uh, I mean, that's... We always pick out three games, three or four games as Tech fans and be like, oh, if we could just go two and two or mm-hmm. one and three here. I think, I mean, I think the games are at Mississippi State, SMU, NC State. You can get one and two, I think you're probably pretty right. happy. Coming to, SMU's coming to Ruston. Uh, shout out to homecoming for Sonny Dykes. Uh, yeah, I mean, come on home, Sonny. Yeah. So, well, I mean, that, yeah, I, I agree. I think that is the swing game, probably the most winnable game, according to Vegas. Um, so we'll see. So, let me ask you this, though. If you're a Tech fan, let me pull up the schedule here real quick. So you look up after after the first five games of the season, Mississippi State, Southeastern, SMU, North Texas, and NC State. Chase, we've been watching Tech football for 30 years. Yeah. I mean, since we were babies. If you're two and three, that means you lost the SMU game in all likelihood. You probably beat Southeastern. You probably beat North Texas. So you're two and three. You're one and zero in conference. As a Tech fan, are you 
Is it ah another six and six, seven and five type year? Lost the fan base, or is it all right? We got UTEP, UTSA, Old Dominion on the docket. Let's get back to five and three and see where we're at entering a November six matchup. Yeah, I think two and three is expected. Maybe is the right word. Uh, so if, if I'm sitting at, going into week six at two and three, I'm like, hey, we still have over half the season left. The, yeah easier part of our schedule so we could still put together a pretty good year at that point but if you're three and two going into week you're six feeling a lot better boy because you're staring at six and two in the face yeah uh with a showdown in birmingham on november the 6th and i think two you know a lot of times we bang on conference usa and we talk about how dreadful it is and the sun belt's better and the mac oh we yeah. we don't want any part of akron and all this crap but at the same point like conference usa like I ain't mad that they'll give you three or four wins every year. Right. I mean, beats the alternative. Makes me feel good about this four and a half over under. I know we already touched on that earlier in the show. I think Andy's pretty pumped about it, too. (laughs) Yeah. From the sounds of things. But I I, I think this Tech team, and I think if they're going to be a eight and four, nine and three type team, I don't think necessarily that you have to go to Mississippi State. Like right now, and and of course we have our pick coming up in the next segment uh, against the spread. But if you told me right now, Tech would go to Mississippi State, they lose forty-two to twenty-four. Mississippi State went up forty-two twenty-four with four minutes in the fourth. I think I'd say sign me up. I'll see you week two. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially if you put up four hundred yards of total offense, your quarterback Austin Kendall doesn't turn the football over. I think I'd be pretty optimistic entering that game or coming out of that yeah, game. I think that's after last year. That's all we want: four hundred yards of offense, limit the turnovers. Might we might want three hundred yards. <laughs> As True. sad as that is. I know. To say. God, that's some that's some low points last year. Uh, yeah, <sighs> to say the least. Yeah. But you know, I, I think the big thing is, and I don't want to put this whole season on Austin Kendall. I think the big thing is, can this offensive line give Marcus Williams or Greg Garner or Keon Henry Brooks or Harlan Dixon, whoever's at running back? Can they just give them a little bit of room to navigate? Man, there's some talent in that running back room. If we oh, could just, just give them a, just give a little them a, space, just give them a little place take some to pressure win. off Austin, and just let him get to a play action pass where, like, I don't know, maybe the linebacker has to possibly think about a handoff. Right, yeah, right, yeah. Because last year there was no thought. No, 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 no. There was no thought, and I think that I don't know. I I just think the offense, from what I've seen during fall camp expectations are dangerous. There, there's no doubt about it. You enter a year and it's, oh, we got another transfer quarterback. You're getting me giddy. You're getting me fired up for the season. Why are you doing this to me? I didn't want to be fired up. But, like, let's be honest, too. Like, basketball had a strong finish. Baseball hosted a regional. Yeah. It's like, if we could just get a 9-3, and 10-2 and two type year to kind of build on it a little yeah. bit more, I'd be a lot happier. Yeah. And something else I'm excited about, Ben, you can correct me if you have a – different opinion or if i'm wrong um we've obviously been watching tech football for a long time you've kept up with it a lot more in depth than i have i mean i remember meeting you in like fifth grade and you knew the third string quarterback like, this dude's and I, an idiot. Yeah, I was like what is a depth chart ben um, but uh <laughs> this wide receiver room is it's got some depth i don't know i think that's a dangerous word at receiver do you i i don't i'm not saying they're bad but i think when you talk about a receiver room if I think when you talk about receivers, and you're like, oh, they got six or seven guys that can play outside. They got six or seven guys that can play inside. I think Skip Holt said that on his radio show Monday night at the Doghouse. And it's like, like cool. Like, I'm glad you got 12 to 14 guys that can play. But who's that dude? We need that dude. 
and I think they got like they got some guys in that room that can be a dude. I think Bub Means can be a dude, the transfer from Tennessee. Uh, I think Jawan Johnson's got some dude in him at times. Is is he going to show up week to week and be a guy that's going to fully commit on the practice field? I think that's to be determined. It's, Bub Means is from Tennessee. I don't think he's ever played a Division One game at the receiver position. He has not. Do I expect – that's why I say it's dangerous to say, all right, that's our dude. He's going to go seven for 160 against Mississippi State. Well, like, he never played in the game. So, like, is that fair for us to, you know, kind of evaluate him in that manner? I don't think Isaiah Graham is a guy that's going to show up and be a 1,000-yard receiver and 10 touchdowns. Right. I don't think Smoke Harris is a 1,000-yard, nine-touchdown guy from the slot. No, he's a playmaker, but he means not. Yeah, I don't think he's that true 85-90 catch type from the slot. I don't think Griffin Abair is that type. I think they're all really good football players. But I think this receiving room, and I've said this a couple of times, I think this receiving room, and really the offense as a whole, is really similar to that 2019 offense. Because when you hear people talk about the 2019 offense, of course, Tech went 10-3. and I think they scored 33 points a game. I think it was a top 30 offense in the country. And it's like, but they weren't that good offensively. Well, th- no, they didn't have Carlos Henderson or Trent Taylor. You're right. They didn't have Kenneth Dixon at running back. But they, I bet they had five receivers with 500 yards. Right. I think that's kind of the type of offense it is. I think the the running back room, I don't think there's a 1,000-yard rusher in there. I think there's probably two that are 750. Right. Do you, do you think our offensive play calling will allow a dude to step up at wide receiver? It's a good question. I think if a guy, like let's say we go to Mississippi State this weekend, say we'll say Jawan Johnson, we'll draw him out of a hat. Say he goes seven catches for 110 yards and he hauls in a touchdown. I think it's like, all right, we can build our offense around him being into the boundary. I think that. I think entering Mississippi State, probably not. Fair enough. Okay. But I think the success that you're going to see some of the guys having the slot, like a Smoke Harris or a Griffin Bear, is going to be a product of the success in the run game, some of the success on the outside guys. I think those are more type guys – that you have to scheme open versus them saying, hey, third and six, Griffin Bear, go get open. I need seven. Right. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. I I just remember, I believe it was 2019. Is that when Malik Stanley yes. was here? There's just times where we would throw him the ball and he would get 22 yards after the catch and be like, man, let's throw to him more. Yeah. I don't know if he had trouble getting open or if we just didn't look at him for the rest of the drive. It was, it was frustrating. I also think time. it's more difficult to be a true number one as a receiver than maybe we as expect as fans. Like, for me, I got banged on it all the time by Beck. Like, Adrian Hardy. I thought Adrian Hardy was right. a number one receiver. If yeah. you told Adrian Hardy it was third and six, this NFL corner is about to be in your face, you got to bake the press and be open, I think he could do it. Mm-hmm. Every time, I think he'd be open. Now, we, we obviously know about some of the off-field issues, but I think that's the type of receiver – that you're kind of wondering about on this team offensively is who's that guy that Austin Kendall breaks a huddle on third and six and says, you know what, he's going to be open and I'm going to put it on his numbers. Right. That's the question they have to answer. If this offense is going to score, I don't know, 34, 35, 36 points a game. I think they have it in them, but I'm not sure you know truly who that guy is entering the season. Is it bad? Is it good? I don't know, but it is I mean, it's a question mark entering the year. Okay. 
No doubt about it. Let's go ahead and take our final timeout. When we come back, we'll wrap it up, give you our predictions for Louisiana Tech and Mississippi State. You're listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Be right back after this. For No Tax Weekend, September 3rd, 4th, and 5th at Simmons Sporting Goods. Go compact with the Ruger EC9S 9mm pistol, only $299.99. No tax. Take aim on the Smith & Wesson MMP Sport 2 AR-15, now $599.99. No tax. Get quality without the cost with a Taurus G3 9mm pistol, just $199.99. No tax. Open No Tax Weekend, 8.30 to 7, Friday and Saturday, and noon to 5 on Sunday. Get 24 months, same as cash, or shop SimmonsSportingGoods.com. One year ago, I lost the love of my life to COVID. We didn't have a vaccine then, but we do now. As a nurse, I knew that was something I can do to help people stay safe from this virus. But I'm just one person. I can't vaccinate everyone. Carla Brown has gone door to door to administer over 2,000 COVID-19 vaccines, and she's asking for your help. If you have not been vaccinated, please go today and get your vaccine. Thank you. Final segment of the show as we put a bow on it on Bleed Tech Blue Radio BC at Chase P. Coming to you live from the Sports Talk 97.7 Studios. Want to thank Teddy Allen, color analyst for the Bulldog football. Also, Matt Wyatt, ESPN Zone 105.9 FM in Starkville. Also, a former Mississippi State quarterback in the late 90s. I think he played for Jackie Sherrill. Look at that knowledge. When was that game? Do you remember that eye bowl? Was it an eye bowl? In the snow? Yes. 2000. Oh, he just missed it. His last year 99, was 99. 2000. Somewhere in there. Man, bummer for Matt White. But he, hey, great. Was it on New Year's Eve? Yes, I believe so. So it might have been It was 99. a dandy. Yeah. It was a dandy. I loved that game. I can't believe this is the last segment already. Time flies when you're having fun, Ben. You're having fun. You had a good time. I can do tonight. it for another hour. Maybe Andy will call in later after he's. <laughs> <laughs> call back and we'll start over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no doubt about it. So, Louisiana Tech on the road, season opener at Mississippi State, September the 4th. That's Saturday afternoon, 3 p.m. kickoff on ESPNU. Got some great news to share. So, when you watch a game on TV, or especially when your team's coming up on one of these ESPN family and networks, I always have major anxiety like is the game before it's going to finish in time oh, yeah you know what i'm right, saying like yep. i don't want to miss any of the game especially opening weekend exactly so i was looking at the guide we got army and georgia state before us army will run the football oh, yeah as long as they don't play five overtimes yeah. we should be good yeah, okay good so we're good I'm glad you brought that to my attention yeah so we're good so a uh, 3 p.m kickoff espnu uh we mentioned a little bit earlier uh, Mississippi State favored by 23.5 points, over-under set at 52.5. Uh, got some side notes for you, Chase. Let's hear it. The over has hit in four of Louisiana Tech's last five games, but the over has only hit in two of Mississippi State's last five games. I mean, I look at the... I look at 52.5, uh, and, and I think it's a crushing over i agree i mean my i don't care who mike leach is playing i'm like 52 and a half 
My only concern is what if Tech pulls the old six-pointer out? Yeah, I mean. Then they got to drop 47. Yeah, true. That's a little bit of concern. I mean, you just cover your basis there. You take the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs to cover the spread and then take the over. You're going to win one of them. This game's line opened at 28.5 points way back in June. I wish I would have got it. Yeah, I think that was a little that was a little high. Uh, that's before the Austin Kendall edition. That was bef- that was probably when Vegas was thinking Luke Anthony, Aaron Allen, JD Head, some combination of those three at quarterback. I thought it was absurd with those three at quarterback. I I think Mississippi State's a good football program. I think they probably win five or six games this year. I think but I don't think they beat the doors half. off of Tech in the opener. I just don't see it. I mean, yeah, my my heart and my brain want to tell me that is not the case. Well, let's jump. I've been, on, I've been surprised let's before. Ju- let's jump right into it. Let's get into our picks. Louisiana Tech, Mississippi State. Jay, you want to take a pick tonight as well? Yeah, I can go ahead and do. All that. right, you you do the do you do the honors of opening us up. Let's this gives open a score it up. prediction. A score prediction. I'm going to say it's going to be a close one. Okay. And of course, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it out with a nail biter, a last second field goal from Louisiana Tech to win thirty three to twenty nine. I'll take it. Okay. I will take a thirty three twenty nine win. All right, what you I like? I like where Jay's head's at. Are we going to score right now? Or are we yeah, going? Okay, going to score. Hmm. I believe Mississippi State's gonna win this one. Thirty-eight twenty-four is what I got in my head. You give me thirty-eight twenty-four, I'll take it right now. I'll take a mop up thirty-eight seventeen late score to make it twenty-four. Hey, yeah, I'll take it. I'm gonna go Mississippi State forty-two, Louisiana Tech twenty. And I know that's really negative and really pessimistic. I just need to see some of these transfer pieces. In action, I'm still concerned about that offensive line. I just think they're going to surprise. Hey, listen, a lot of people think the same way you do. And I want to talk myself into it. Man, Matt Wyatt also scared the living heck out of me with that defensive line and those linebackers. And if anybody that's just now tuning in, Mississippi State has a linebacker that weighs 265. Yeah, he's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, their defense sounded pretty salty. Yeah, there's – there's no doubt about that. So, real quick, before we get out of here, I uh, wanted to give you guys the Conference USA slate. In case you didn't see it last week, that a dandy. UTEP I, took down New Mexico State. How did you pick against UTEP, Ben? I saw that. Um, you know what? Like, how do you bet UTEP? Because it's New Mexico State. <laughs> they haven't been good at anything since they beat Tech in the WAC Basketball Championship. <laughs> Mike White near one. Yeah. And they beat us by like 30. Yeah. They, they oh, that was brutal. But, hey, UTEP's on the board. They're 1-0. They'll get to 2-0 and this week because they're playing Bethune-Cookman. <laughs> so here's the Conference USA slate. Things start up tomorrow night, actually. A little neutral site action between UAB and Jacksonville State. I believe that's a 6.30 kick on ESPN. If nothing gets you ready for college hey, football like UAP, in. Jacksonville State, nothing will. Uh, elsewhere, how about this one down in Miami? Long Island out of New York traveling to FIU. Didn't know they had a football what team. What are they, NAIA or something? Uh, UT Martin traveling to Western Kentucky. 
Uh, as my phone goes blank. Mm. Oh, this is really tight. Uh, well, technology at its finest. Yeah, it's just really. I see. Uh, right. We were we were going to try to talk about nil impact on tech if we got to it. I don't know how much it'll impact tech. I don't think it will. Griffin A Bear did just get like a million views on TikTok. Really? It's the uh, perks of working with young kids at work. They let me TikTok know. TikTok is something else. They let it? me know these things. I don't know why Kenneth Lofton Jr. hasn't gotten an nil. He, offer. you would think he'd get a big offer. I figured he'd be the one of the first ones to get it. I know. I mean, winning USA basketball and all this. I mean, being the basically the MVP. Yeah. I wish I ran a company like called Bleed Tech Blue or something, and I would do it for them. But don't we all? No. <laughs> don't we all? Well, I guess we're not getting to. We got Duke at Charlotte. We got ODU at Wake Forest. Uh, I would imagine the ACC is going to get a couple dubs right there. Rice at Arkansas. Uh, I'm not going to be able to get to all these. Marshall travels to Navy. It's intriguing. Marshall better win that football game because uh, uh, old Coach Huff, I can't remember his first name right now, but a lot of folks think he's uh, all that in a bag of chips. Okay. And you better win at Navy if you're a really good coach as well. Also got Campbell at Liberty. There's my pick of the week. Give me Liberty. Campbell at Liberty? Yep, Campbell. D2 FCS in the Big South. (laughs) Uh, Been a fun show tonight. I want to thank Teddy Allen. I want to thank Matt Wyatt for joining us on the Fairway Carts Hotline. So, for Chase P, for our producer, Jay Grant, I'm BC. Thanks for listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio, Louisiana Tech at Mississippi State, 3 p.m. kickoff Saturday afternoon on ESPNU. We'll see you for the Impact Healthcare Solutions, Louisiana Tech, post-game co-in show immediately following the game we'll see you listen for the first national bank bleed tech blue radio show every tuesday at 6 p.m with your host ben carlisle also brought to you by o'neill gas brister's smokehouse courtesy automotive dairy queen walpole tire ideal portable buildings kurt joiner graduate sales and bienville motors Thanks for listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio on Sports Talk 99.3. Just so and they are, big, we're not saying they don't deserve it. because Right, getting not at all, because they're if they're getting, getting paid it, generating. Right. Right. Chris, the owner's right. got it's it, so right? right. Yeah, it's so big see. that you can't tell them nothing. Right. I don't want to see no more workout videos, Ben Simmons. Stop right. it. I don't want to no, see I agree with no that. more workouts. I agree with that. Chris, I got a question for you. Instead of C.J. McCollum or Draymond Green, now I don't know how much this guy makes, but what do you think about Philly going after maybe Zach Levine? Who do you I think, like Chris? Zach. The, I mean, he, he's not. Yeah, he, I mean, he ain't making thirty three. Ain't is like he, he's on the he? market. Uh, he just signed. He's making big money. Okay, he's making close enough. Yeah. Um, I like Zach. I mean, that that's not a bad. Uh, that's not bad. Uh, he's obviously a scorer. And as the second scorer, he'd probably be even more effective because he's kind of lead guy right now with Chicago. So and they um, made a lot of moves, Chicago, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't hate that. I don't hate that. That's not a bad call, Tony. Thanks, Tony. Uh, Jerome yeah. in Charleston, South Carolina. You're on the Odd Couple Fox Sports Radio. What's up, Jerome? Hello and congratulations. Hey, thank you, Tom Brady. Forty something years old, still playing. Couldn't imagine himself doing anything else but playing football. Joe Montana, I remember Joe Montana once saying, in order to get me to retire, they're going to have to rip the uniform off my back. Ben Simmons does not love basketball. Two things you can't have in your life. 
apathy and indifference. He doesn't love basketball. He doesn't care. He just wants the money. Look, trade him to Saskatchewan. Okay, <laughs> get rid of him. He can't, hey, he, hey, I, Jerome, just, I can't stand Jerome, him. No, yeah. Jerome, I hear, and your passion is real, man, because I think he likes the lifestyle and the glamour right. of being an NBA player. I, I, don't, I don't think Jerome is off the mark, Chris. I don't know how much he really, really wants it or, you know, and – Sometimes, and I'm not, this is not just NBA players, Chris. This is human nature. Some people, when they get paid, it's like, okay, I'm good now. Like, I, you know what I right. mean? Like, well, like, you, and I'm you good. know, Rob, you know, that's how I tell a lot of times whether a guy in any sport loves right. the We're game. We're not just talking about or, Ben Simmons, right? right? We're not just talking or about Or does him. he love the lifestyle? The right. women, the fame, the celebrity. Money. Right. Because those are the guys, once they get the money robbed, they don't really improve. Right. They they're, may they're even set. regress. Yeah. They're yeah, set. they're set. And, and and in fairness, you know this, Rob. There's people like that in every profession. Journalism. That's what I just said. I said it's people. Right. engineering, whatever. Some people, right. yeah, they just they drive to the end, and others are just content to be, you know, hey, I, I, I provide for my family. I'm making money. I You know, I put in my eight hours a day, whatever. So, uh, yeah, but that that was a really good call. I like the passion, Jerome. So uh, that was great. All right, we got Christian Fourier coming up. But first, Ralph Irvin with the update. Ralph. Lots of baseball going on tonight, gentlemen, and it's uh, it's a good night for the Tampa Bay Rays as they explode for six runs in the third inning. Yandy Diaz capping it off with a two-run double, but they have a 7-1 lead now over Boston in the fourth inning. The Mets get a home run from Michael Conforto, a two-run bomb. Jeff McNeil an RBI double. They have a 3-0 lead over Miami. That's in the fifth inning. Washington has opened up a 5-2 lead over Philadelphia. They're in the fourth, while Oakland's lead over Detroit remains at 3-1. In the fifth inning, the Cubs get a home run from Frank Schwindel. They have a 1-0 lead over Minnesota in the first. Still in the first, Pittsburgh and the White Sox remain scoreless. It's NFL cutdown day, and... Cam Newton is now out of a job. Mac Jones, the new starting quarterback at New England. Packers will not have Michael Thomas to start the year. He's going on the PUP list. Same goes for Green Bay tackle David Bakhtiari. He's, of course, recovering from a torn ACL. And you guys were just talking about it. Philadelphia seeing, well, reports from Philadelphia saying that Ben Simmons has made it clear he wants to be traded from the Sixers. Okay, <laughs> that's that as we uh, set it back to the odd couple. But first, let's get a word from Wendy's. Wendy's spicy chicken nuggets are the only verified spicy chicken nuggets in the game. What's that mean? It means that when you want undeniably delicious spicy nuggets, you want Wendy's because nothing else compares. Catch your Wendy's spicy chicken nuggets now at participating U.S. Wendy's. And now we set it back. It is Chris Broussard and Rob Burke. All right, thank you, Ralph, for coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios. We are the Odd Couple, and our next guest, friend of the show, he's a two-time Super Bowl champion.